Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. We're a group of long-suffering Oxford fans and season ticket holders looking to bring you uh, some information on Oxford United. In this episode, we're on the fence about a few disappointments uh, throughout the way, including injuries and a couple of results, but looking at some positive things as well, such as Wembley and a 5-1 win against Crawley. We're now in the middle of a very tight promotion race in League 2, probably the, the closest for a fair few years. The swear jar in the middle is a pound for any swear words except the C-bomb, which is double, and the name of the place just down the A420, uh, which is also double. My name's Liam, and I am feeling quite positive at this stage. I'm feeling very good. Um, next to me is Paul. Paul's my brother. How are you feeling with three games to go? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, very, very good description there. Matt, uh, feeling, feeling good? Not, not as good as, as Paul. Clearly, <laughs> I'm a little bit, little bit nervous, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm not, I'm not all doom and gloom just yet. Lovely, Fraser. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, I think we're gonna do it. Good. Good. Yeah, and I edit this, so if I don't think that later, I'm gonna take that. Joe. <laughs> so, we're in the top three with three games to go. Uh, that's a very positive thing. So yeah, three wins, we're up. Uh, usually we would have Liam too here as well, but he's not here this evening, so uh, his footballing inside won't be in. But I will speak as a fellow Liam on his behalf and say that I'm feeling really good. <laughs> and Kath, we also have you here. How are you feeling with a couple um, of games to go? Better than I did on Tuesday night. I've calmed down and a aura of calm has come over me. But now I think uh, in past years we'd be done. But I think this lot, if anybody's going to do it, this lot can. So I am. Yep, players come back in. I think we got a point from having half the team out, which it's not the greatest of results, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, And yeah, now we've got some really important players coming back into the squad. Let's talk about something that we haven't talked about since we were sat in this very pub with James Constable and Jeremy Charles. Let's talk about Wembley. Wasn't the result we we hoped for, don't think we can pretend it was, but I personally had a phenomenal day. I loved it. Everyone have have fun. Yeah, it was a great it was a great day out and it was it was it was nice in that it was obviously a, a cup final and not a playoff final. So you could just you could relax and enjoy it and and treat it yeah treat it as a, a as a day as a day out with with a little just a little bit of football thrown in at the end there yeah and I don't think it, I I don't think there was anything sort of nasty between the two sets of fans it was a really good day there were selfies from before and after the game obviously everyone who has Twitter has seen the rowing from the uh, Barnsley fans which was I thought I thought pretty funny. Um, and, and yeah, I just thought it was a, a great day. Were we all there, first of all? Yeah. Yes, of yeah. course, yeah. I think most of Oxfordshire was. Yeah, yeah good day for looters. That one. <laughs> so. I think, uh, yeah, 34,000 after we took a similar number to the playoff final. So to take 34,000 for the JBT, JBT final is excellent. And, you know, what an atmosphere and what, you know, what a great day. And, you know, the result was disappointing, but brilliant performance, you know. I think even Barnsley fans were saying how well uh, we played and how they thought we'd go go up and we're good enough to go up. So even without John Lundstrom, one of our better players, yeah, we had it was a, it was a great performance and we were quite lucky. We just got beaten by a better side, unfortunately. 
Yeah, definitely, and, and a better side uh, in terms of league position, but we completely dominated the first half. And then I sort of got the feeling that when you go 3-1 down and then you get a goal back, on a game where people care about it more um, than the JPT final, the, the team that have just come back into it tend to go on and score a third. But I think we're all quite happy just to give a good account for ourselves. Right, speaking personally, I went the, the rest of the evening and sort of, I was a bit disappointed at the final whistle. I went the rest of the evening feeling absolutely brilliant. No injuries. We'll come on to that because that's changed <laughs> since, uh, since then. But no injuries on the day. We gave a great account for ourselves. Brilliant atmosphere. Made, made sort of our, ourselves proud and, and I think that's brilliant. Like you say, the character to come straight back into it. 3 1, it's game over. We're playing a better side, we're playing the better football. They dominated you know, large parts of the second half. But to get back into it 3 2 just shows that, you know, even in League One, we'd be able to compete, uh, which I thought was great. And uh, yeah, all, all in all, a great day. But next time we win, Because for all the positive things we've said, I, I do think there was, there's one thing that just a little bit of a pattern developing, and you could see it at Wembley, in that we were probably, I think, the better side in that game for about 70 minutes out of it. We had that 20 minute spell right at the start of the second half when they were just, you know, all over us and the, you know, they took they took every chance they made really. But it's just that slight worrying thing that we're doing a lot of work and getting ourselves into good positions in games and then not not closing the deal and and and, and finishing it off and you know, we allow Barnsley back into it. We've done it a couple of other times in, in league games as well, and, and just a note of caution. A typical example we were talking about, if anyone went to the Notts County away game this year, there was a point in that game when we were, I think, 2-1 down, and you sat there thinking, how are we possibly losing this game? We were so dominant. In the end, it was like the best finish to a, a game this season. Which, Sorry, which is what we're basing our entire season on, yeah. by the way. Yeah. That's why, at the moment, it's a bit like, well, squeaky bum time we've heard so many times in the last week. That's why it's this, because when we go up automatically, it's going to feel phenomenal. Lots of positivity to do with Wembley. Um, let's stick with the positivity before a small blip of kind of Dan's worthness before some positivity towards the end of the podcast. Just like the season. Um, so, yeah. So, Wembley. Um, I'd rather have lost at Wembley and then gone and smashed Crawley 5-1 than what Barnsley did, which is win at Wembley, have their bus parade during that week and then lose their next game. Why would they possibly do that? Unless it's for sponsorship reasons. Can you believe they, they had their bus parade and then, well, I suspect, consequently lost it? Well, for a team that's, that's kind of supposed to be challenging for promotion themselves, it's not. You know, they, it seems they did take their eye off the ball, and that's what I that's what I worried about. You know, us us, us doing a little bit is that if, if you've gone and won at Wembley in front of you know sixty thousand people and you've lifted a trophy and had a great time celebrations, to then less than a week later be running out at Crawley must be a bit of a come down. You know, whereas I think losing that game at Wembley made them. You know, it must have hurt. There was no doubt they were going to be desperate to kind of, you know, put it as well, far behind them as they could. To pay for. Exactly. And I, I don't know about anyone else, but at Wembley, I was not hugely impressed with Chris McGuire. And I thought, well, if he is playing at Crawley, he's got a lot to prove. He did quite well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, I think it's a funny thing with Chris McGuire. Every time I've seen him, when 
when he's scored or got an assist, he go early. He goes on and has a blinder. He looks such a confident player. And the first 15, 20 minutes of that game, he was the same player he has been recently, sort of lethargic, um, not tracking back as well. Gets the goal, and all of a sudden he becomes Alex McDonald, and he's everywhere. He's tearing through players. He's hassling back to get things. And I just wonder whether there is that element to his play, but how you stop that other than saying go and get an early could you out. get an early goal please and then have a good game but he gets a lot of stick but when he does it it's so frustrating because when he does decide to kick in he has a game like that Crawley game where everything he did seemed to come off what a penalty oh yeah right. By far the best one we've seen this season. Oh, is it the only one we've scored? Or is it about <laughs> feels like, like it, doesn't it? <laughs> but where's yeah. he been all season when we've been missing penalties? And well, do we, we, I think at one point we'd missed more than we'd scored, haven't we? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know the stats, but it's probably the worst season for penalties. But we've, we probably have more than we've had for years. Right. Yeah, maybe. Any, any sort of going. But then you, you play the game in, in another team's box and and you're going to win yeah. more penalties, aren't you? And we've got players like Ruth, goals to Hilton, uh, O'Dowda, who run at players in the box as well. I think that's... I think of the ones we haven't had, so we should have. Well, yeah, that Cambridge one, Stonewall, fuming. Anyway. Still fuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, still there. Um, so, moving on to some... Uh, well, before we do move on, I have to say, the atmosphere at Crawley was insane as well. It was a step up from you know standards um, I know there have been amazing atmospheres away from home this year but that was well let's really talk about class. this then was it anything to do with the smoke bomb and should we or should we not have them uh, no I don't think it was anything to do with the smoke bomb because I was at the other end of the terrace and there was no smoke near us and it was still bouncing <laughs> well yeah I think it's really odd whether or not you like them they're not allowed. The club could get in trouble. Like at that point, it doesn't matter whether you like them. That's it, it becomes right. Well, we can't have them. We won't have them. Yeah. And the ultras have handled that brilliantly. Yeah. And I think credit to them for stepping up and saying enough's enough and dealing with it internally and making sure that doesn't happen. But you know, I think the ultras, especially, they create great atmosphere. The streamers, you know, the kind of displays that they do is absolutely brilliant. So you know, just concentrate on that. You know, and the singing, the atmosphere, like I said, at Crawley was immense. So proud to you know support the team with such great support, you know, such loud support, and you know to win And you can see what it meant to the players when Callum scored his goal. Yeah. I know he picked up the booking for it, but he did, however, catch tonsillitis in that time. So oh. Ooh, probably from is... that ref. <laughs> yeah. they, do, they do say that tonsillitis is the kissing disease. Well, so we you they... have to question a that that's how we didn't get sent off. and b how we've got two players and a manager with it all at once. Right, so on to right because we've had laughter. Let's let's stop all that now, and let's talk about Luton. Um, good start. I'm gonna yeah yeah phenomenal start. What and that's Luton. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, um, phenomenal pass from Ruth. Um, and then the next thing that happened really was just before half time, um, in which I'm going to defend Bushout slightly and be shot down, I'm sure, by a lot of people listening. But I'm going to defend him because it seems to be forgotten. Firstly, no one means to slip over. Yes, he should have put his foot through it, but that's handy to know now. But the ball was blasted to him. 
at knee height. And I just feel that not enough has been said about how awful that back pass was. I don't want to get on Kenny's back. I love him. I think he's a brilliant guy. I've never met him, but he, he you know, he plays well. Um, I just think that blaming Bushell for that goal is slightly harsh. Yeah, I think it is harsh, and I think you know when you when you get back past the hand and slip, what can you do? I think it's frustrating, but you know it was just unlucky from Michelle. You know he didn't want the back pass in the first place, he never got it, uh, and then he slips and there's a goal, and there's nothing you can do about and, it. And what you can do is then defend until half time. Yeah, and it was a good ball into the box, but I just I we felt the defence were quite static for it. Um, yeah, it was a big gap between Mullins and Kenny, and he was just allowed to wander in between them and. Barely even. It was an unchallenged header, which is pretty inexcusable. Really. It was frustrating. It's at one 0 You go in one at a half time, and you think, right, you know, get a second one, go and win the game. Had a shot until no, and it killed us. It absolutely killed us. And you know, it's frustrating. And you know, second half, disappointed from our point of view. You know, just frustrating at that time. You know, we need a result. And like I said, two one for half time kills us a little bit. And. They go on and do the business, and you know we lose the game. So massive shame. When we got ourselves back into it again, you think, okay, we had the mad five minutes before half time, come out for half time, get ourselves back in, to then go and have an even more appalling bit of defending for their third. Just we just shot ourselves in the foot. It was like we didn't do anything particularly awful. Obviously, did individual things really badly, but as a team, it wasn't. Like everything was off, it was just like, oh, they oh, can't be bothered to defend right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, they, they might miss oh, this. Swear jar. Swear jar. Yeah. So, I think the uh, one thing that is worth mentioning, which we'll go into more detail as we, we carry on to the podcast, because there's something to do with the next few games that's quite important. Um, but I would say it's very important to notice that in some games this season, when the opposition has scored, the. Um, the fans have immediately been clapping and come on Oxford. And that did not happen at Luton. I'm not blaming the fans for the defending. I'm just saying it can make a difference. And I think when that when that stadium is absolutely banging, like it was um, in a few games this season. Um, so we, talked, we talked about last time about the Stevenage goal, the goal we scored against Stevenage being caused by the fans well, yeah, and the way they stepped that. it up after the, the, the players have done, have had a phenomenal season and they've won a lot of games and they've won games like uh, say um, like Notts County we were talking about Notts County uh, before we started recording they won that game because the fans were so far away from the pitch it's difficult to have that input it's a brilliant game to watch but they won that sort of game the fans won I think and they caused the win against Swansea and against a different team beginning with SW <laughs> who, uh, who I won't name on the way to Wembley and uh, they held on when it was 1-0 uh, to Millwall against Millwall in the in the area final and I think the fans can make that much of a difference and it's these two remaining home games and the trip to Carlisle that will make the huge difference and I think I think we've we've got to see as fans we were all frustrated on Saturday but we've got to pull together and ignore that and not show any nerves when it comes to those big moments we will concede in the next three games we will get players booked we will miss chances but we've got to stay strong and stay loud and all of our hundreds of viewers slash tens of viewers or listeners on this podcast um, 
please just spread the word. Right, I'm sure it's coming from the club and in the Oxford Mail, but... You can't tell right now, but Liam's face is painted with blue on one side and white on the other, and he's, he's doing his full Mel Gibson. Blue and white. Oh, right, I thought, I thought you painted it as a Rovers fan. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? No, I was going to say your ass, but... Um, <laughs> No matter what happens, even if the worst happens with the rest of the season, we do get into the playoffs. We are. We are. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if the worst happens, we could be in there. Oh, right. But if we are, then we'd have taken that any other season. Why is it all suddenly such a bad thing? I think because we've been been in there all match for so long. I completely agree with you that, you know, the start of the season, the the aim would have been the playoffs. And we've achieved that already. We've achieved that with many games to go. Now, the aim has become automatic. Everyone knows it. The fans want it. The players want it. The manager want it. The club really wants it. We've got three games to go. Liam's exactly right. The difference the fans can make is unbelievable. The players, I talk to the players, they tell me, they say, the fans can make such a difference when we're tired, when we're struggling, when we're mentally drained, you know, it can lift us, it can pick us up. And the teams that go up automatically will be supported by the fans when the times are difficult. Uh, we've done it many times this season, we've been absolutely brilliant, you know, backs against the wall, fans have got behind a team, even when we've gone behind, and it's made a massive difference. Now if whatever if ever it was more important to do that it's now, you know, there's never been a more important time than next you know, Hartley Paul Saturday. The most important thing is to get behind them. We go one nil down and you get behind them. You know, every single tackle, every single mistake, anything we support the team. Well yeah, if if any Oxford fan, any true Oxford fan was asked if you um, were to sing for two hundred and seventy minutes straight, then Oxford will get promoted. We get weeks off in between that. Three sets of 90 minutes, you've got to stand there and sing and hopefully watch some awesome football. In fact, it doesn't really matter whether it's awesome football, as long as we win them. Yeah. Like, that's, that we'd all do that. Like, let's, let's do it. Well, I'm, you know, as, as a fan, I feel completely positive because we've had an amazing season, we've had some brilliant performances. This team is a brilliant team. You know, we're not champions in terms of winning the league, but it feels like these players are champions because they've given so much and they've worked so hard. And they've given us all great memories this season already, and we've all done it together. The fans have supported the team, the players have been, you know, right behind the fans. Everyone's been working together, and the, the players have been brilliant. Three games to go, home game Saturday. Let's just go and win it. Let's all support each other. When times get hard, let's get behind the team. I think that's almost what the fear is, that it's been such a good season. There's been the connect between fans and players. We've had brilliant games home and away. There's almost the fear that what if it doesn't click right at the end. I think that's where the fear comes from, not necessarily that it could end up being a bad season, that it could end up being a really great season where we possibly don't go up. And it's almost like that's the fear. Whereas if we'd had a crap season and scraped in the playoffs, then we'd have been like, hey! But then it could have been a phenomenal season, um, except we didn't beat the people down the A420 in it. But we did. And it could have been a great season where we didn't go to Wembley. But we did. And it could have been a great season where we didn't beat a Premiership team. But we did. There's no reason why this couldn't be a great season and we go up. So we've just got to keep that. I think it's just the the fear of almost like it going to waste, all the great things that have happened. But yeah, I I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but I think that might be where some of the fear comes from. I understand. I I think we just need to get the message to everyone who's feeling that way. And I'm not going to say that I'm not 
like I don't have that fear within me. But we've got to just ignore it. We've just got to ignore it and then carry on supporting exactly as we have. The thing is, not exactly as we have, better than we have. Even though most games we've been great. The the, the thing is, from from with the with the fans, I think we've we've obviously we've been in this position, or well, not exactly this position before, but we've seen on way too many occasions in the past where um, we've been in a great position to go up or to do something and somehow they've managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and I do get the feeling that there's almost built into sections of our support that they're just waiting for things to go wrong and so you have like an, an away draw at Newport County when you've got half the team out and all of a sudden for some people that's the apocalypse is nigh and I think we just need a little bit of perspective perhaps on that and, and but we were and, never going to win at Newport because we were playing on uh, Sandpit and Danny Hilton was playing so he was building sandcastles and making like angels most of the game yeah he was he, he was fun but he, that he is genuinely the type of player that every fan you know that I really love watching you know where you can tell you know he's running after everything he's chained everything down he gets he gets involved in seeing things but he cares so much and that's what we love about him absolutely love about him and that's exactly what we did in the last three games he that's the example he's setting other people need to step up and go right if he can do it i'm going to do it and i'll tell you what if players these players want to get promoted they've got a massive chance to do it they've got to step up fans have got to step up everyone has to step up that's where we've missed mcdonald a lot out of the two wingers i think callum in his actual end product has improved massively over the course of the season. He was one that really frustrated me at the start of the season with his, his, his final ball or his decision making at the end. And the second half of the season, that's just shot up. But McDonald's um, work rate and effort seems to flow through the rest of the team. And when something's not working, he Danny Hilton has the work work, but there's almost like the extra aggression that McDonald puts in and it's right on the edge and it does get him into trouble but it does also seem to spark other players in our team in that way of going shit he put that challenge in we've got to do it again if McDonald's put that challenge in I better work back and he's, he's won that ball so I better get myself into the right place I think that's been a major miss and maybe people didn't realise how much he would be the miss out of the two of them um, yeah he's I, turned out to be right though this is the two words is a new ball and yeah it's disappointing we've got three we've got three games to go and we're in the top three like how how much more do people want you know to say right yeah things are disappointing but now's the time to really get behind this team. There's never going to be a better time. Don't sit there and, you know, feel sorry for ourselves and think, oh, it's all going to go wrong. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. That's the way it is. But I'll tell you what, if everyone's together on Saturday, if everyone's right behind it, we'll win that game of football. And that's all we've got to do. Well, yeah, I think if, if you look at um, films like Mighty Ducks and stuff like that, I know this isn't a film, I'm well, I'm well aware, but go and watch that film. And everything starts to look bad just before the end and they start losing in the final and all of that stuff and then suddenly they do the flying V which I'm shocked they're allowed to, to use. I know it's an American film and it's not an insult in America but they use the flying V and they win in the last minute. And that's why it's so great because it was like it was squeaky bum time and they got they managed to get there and then it was like oh it's not going to pay off but you know and it's going to feel fantastic when it actually happens and I, I, 
honestly feel that um, not many teams could have a, a bit of a blip, and this blip has only been two games, but how many teams could have a bit of a blip and still be in the all zones? Right. Yeah. We should be thrilled. I mean, you know, I know it's said so often, but the day before Crawley at home this year, the day before the season opened, if anybody had been told, look, I'll offer you, you'll be in the top three with three games to go, but it's only on goal difference. I think we all would have taken that. And by the way, a far superior goal difference. Well, yeah, 100 goals. I think we, we all would have taken that, you know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I completely yeah, agree. One of the things that I've kind of not upset but sort of upset me is the bottlers word come out on some I'm not sure it's been used on the forum at all I don't know I didn't really look at it but I've seen it on Twitter and things and I just think that's really unfair on this group of players they're not bottling it they had to, they had a bad game and then they had not a great game with half the team out on a sound I don't think it's fair to this group of players who have worked so hard and really want to achieve something for our football club to start branding and bottles when actually we're still, as you said, we're still in the in the top this three. Is, this is a team to be proud of. It's a team that, you know, you know, even if words come to us we don't go up, people will always remember this year as a great, great year. You know, we've talked about how many great things about this year. This is a team to be proud of, and do you know what? Like this team deserves a little bit of extra support for the last few games because they put in so much. They've given us so many happy memories, and I tell you what, I really want to win that game. Well, really I see no reason why we shouldn't. People seem to be assuming as well that every other team are going to win every game, and that's not going to happen because, as York showed. said at the time we were in a false position and we were we weren't playing well enough to be where we were but yeah. we had managed to get there no one knows how yeah it's but he'd have had us in the championship by now so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> championship or administration exactly yeah. more yeah. or less yeah. the same um depends whether Ian and are going to notice where all his money yeah. has gone don't worry about medicals again because of that what? I know. by the way congratulations to Ian Lennigan. I mean, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah. No. For a non-footballing man. Yeah, uh, yeah, anyone who isn't aware, he's chair, chairman of the Football League now. Um, and voted in, so that's interesting. And if you can fix it so that we come up without worrying about these three games. 
does kind of pour scorn on those ideas that he wasn't a footballing man just because he also owns a rugby club. He clearly has invested a lot of time. Um, his kids have invested a lot of time, and we have masses to be thankful for the whole Lennigan family for the fact that we've got Ashby coming through, Odell looking good. Roberts, yeah, Roberts coming back into the fold and still developing, and the whole next set of kids, you know, Candice Cowles um, got got um, under Islands under 19 caps. We've got players coming through who are being recognised already at age group. Actually, you've mentioned that. You probably should say something about the youth team who obviously won their league. Yeah, against. Against that lot. That lot, yeah. Well done, well avoided. Um, <laughs> yeah, 2-1, wasn't it? Yeah. I saw them, the game before that against MK Dons, who I think were the um, their, their sort of closest competitors. And well, that's the thing, they haven't just won it, they smashed it. Yeah, and they were, they were, they were obviously a step above in that game. They, they, I, think, I, I think they were, you know, they're, they're a top, you know, because they, they invest a lot of money, you know, the MK Dons, they invest a lot of money in that sort of thing, but, you know, our, our lot were, were clearly a step better than them, and, and it shows it shows where we're at, you know. And that's from somewhere where, after we got relegated um, in 2006, the, the funding was completely destroyed, the league withdraw their funding, we were barely funding it. And the, you know that yeah, a certain former chairman had basically cut funding entirely down to the very minimum level. Yeah, that so it was the priority decimated. when Lennigan came in was to to fund the youth system and bring that funding back. And it's a lot of money. And is it category two they are now? Yeah. Um, and that's a really big achievement for a club at our level. And they're aiming to go higher as well. So I mean that's really great for the future yeah and they've got targets as well of how many youth players they want coming through and they've got them in the ladies team as well but they actually want um 50 of the squad to be have come through the youth team that's within the ladies but they do have targets within the men's as well of you what, know, how the percentage of players they, they want to have come all the way through they're looking at that being the development You are listening to the French End podcast. Thanks very much for listening. We are talking about a phenomenal team. Uh, we're going to talk about a phenomenal team who have shown everyone how football should be played. Uh, they've been incredible. Been a few missed penalties, but it's it's been a phenomenal season, and they've just absolutely dominated. They've they've really put together some great goals, some wonderful passing, and all in all have had a phenomenal time and then all of a sudden fatigue sort of sets in and a few injuries here and there and everyone starts questioning it which seems a bit uncalled for um, but enough about Barcelona we're talking about Oxford United from now on uh, and a lot of that does apply I feel but particularly injuries let's talk about them uh, so, against Newport, was it eight players out? Certainly by the end of the game with uh, Evans' cracked rib. Yeah. Um, and and Lundstrom... Yeah, I believe yeah. so, yeah, because that's his season. He's done, yeah. And Lundstrom having to go off not making the 90. Yeah. 
Uh, and Ruth before and the game. Ruth pulling out after the warm-up. What's the story with Ruth? Is he, is he back for Saturday? Or? Uh, they're keeping it close to their chest. I think he's due to train tomorrow and they're just going to see whether he's... Because at the end of the day, he was due to play on uh, Tuesday. He just wasn't... He was, he wasn't sort of like a warm-up on a sandpit wasn't a good idea. Yeah, wasn't it the last warm-up where he turned and he went over on his angle and that was game over? They obviously wanted to try and get him through that game. But there'll be, at this stage of the season, there'll be a lot of players carrying knocks uh, and it's it's going to be tricky. People are going to have to play through the pain barrier. But certainly, if I was a player, I'd be thinking, you know, we've got a chance to get on promotion. You know, I want to be in it. I want to be in it and I want to do it. And if people can do it and not harm themselves long term, then why not? You know, maybe the pain barrier, have an ejection, whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, we don't want any long term damage to people like Ruth. You know, we don't want to be out for six months. So if he is, you know, that injured, then yeah, obviously, you know, he can't play. And someone else has to step up. But I think it's natural. Every team will be carrying knocks at this stage of the season. And you know, we've got a good medical team, we've got good sports science behind us. So you know, I'm confident we'll have enough players ready for the weekend, and it'll be a fit race. Um, well, we started we started this with sort of injuries. I think with Macron Cannon back, I think everything's sort of coverable, except someone will be slightly out of position in the position of um, Evans and Stars. Evans, we didn't say earlier, last chance to say it, really. What a left foot. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's he's now cracked cracked rib. Um, Joe Stars, I heard him heard him talking before the game on Saturday. What he's basically done, he had tendonitis of the groin, um, and he was going to have um, an operation in the summer to basically snap the uh, tendon so that it would reheal. And what he did in the Cambridge game was he ruptured it himself. Uh, so he's it, this is his own words. So I've saved myself an operation there. <laughs> What a hero. There were 10 minutes to go in the Cambridge game, he turned to the bench and said, I can't, I can't turn. turn. Which is why I think he ch- there's one point he chested it, the calmest man in the ground chested it back to Bouchel, and I think it was just because he couldn't do anything yeah, else. Yeah. But isn't there talk of him being available for the end of the season? Uh, that's one of the rumours. One of the things that, that sort of comes part and parcel with this is he, well, the, the club have kept everything quite quiet and played a few mind games and like, ooh, don't think they're going to be fit and then they've started. Like, Lundstrom and Ruth were both due to start on Tuesday. Does that mean that when it comes to, oh, well, Scars can technically start, is that just a mind game? I don't know. Scars was ruled out for the season. Yeah. If you're ruled out for the season, you got to be out. If you, like, maybe they bring, might bring him back. Maybe he's like 70% fit and he can make it, I don't know. But if he's fit, he's fit. If he's not, he's not. You know, we've got somewhere we've got to cover, and do you know what? If someone's got player position, you know, Jay Wright my left back, Josh Ruffles, whatever. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's, penny, there's options there. Yeah, there's options there. We we'll just do it. I tell you what, if this team's going to get promoted, whoever plays in addition will play blind back, they'll step up, they'll do their job. To be fair, Ruffles did very well at you. Ruffles had a great game when he Well, it, I guess when you're out of position, not being a footballer, I don't know, but I guess you're really alert because you're constantly thinking, what should I be doing? It's like when you're driving someone else's there'll be times times when you'll dive in when a full back maybe wouldn't and get caught out but as long as the other players are aware and people cover for him what he did in the Newport game is he got forward really well and had the ball fallen to his left foot rather than his right in the 90th minute or whatever it was he just took a second longer because he thought about hitting it and then wasn't sure because it was on his right foot but he was ready to go he was 18 yards out smack bang in the middle of the pitch for a 
coming on as a fullback. So, which I guess it, he'll catch catch the opposition out if they're expecting a, le- a left back. Oh, well, what would a left back do? I'm used to this happening. If he's not a left back. It might might go nothing. Yeah, and we we might see if uh, Callum and McDonald are both back. Then there's the possibility that they might swap them mm-hmm. to um, allow for because McDonald will cover. Better. He's just slightly more defensive than that. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, anything could happen with the squad on Saturday. Well, yeah. I've seen people trying to pick whether Le- um, Wright goes to the left back, which I think some people seem to prefer because he's a defender moving out wide. I would personally rather Ruffles played, I think. Yeah. I think the only, the only one we could potentially miss is the left back position. If you look throughout the rest of the pitch, Taylor obviously being out. Uh, you've got Bowery's come in, he scored the other day, um, and he sort of, he goes to the game and you're like, oh, I don't know if he's in this, and then he'll have an Bowery's now out. He'll be fine. Never mind. Scratch that bit, we'll cut that bit. Um, we've I got, think Taylor's well, actually been a bigger got, miss than people realise the second half of the season. I think he changed the way we, we had to adapt. We, we have adapted, but we had to adapt when Taylor got injured yeah. to, um, to not have somebody who's so good playing back to goal. Yeah, and the only other one that we had like that was Wuven. Uh, yes. Um, he's not even starting the Grimsby at the minute, I think. No, and there's been calls to recall him, but I think he's so far out of the picture that it... Yeah. Well, we've got we can we can we've shown in the in the last few weeks. Uh, if with Macarin O'Dowder, Ruth or Maguire can start up top. Um, Hilton obviously can. Roberts has looked great. So I think up front we're okay. I think if Lundstrom can't start, then Ashby played well the other day. Um, I, I didn't think Ashby looked out of place at all on no. Tuesday night. Uh, they, they need to perhaps pick up some rapid, uh, some some sort of like um, rapport with the other players in the squad. But they'll do that because they have to. So. Well, Ashby um, is actually a natural replacement for Lundstrom. They're the same kind of player. If he's going to be out, we do at least have quite, you know, almost a, an obvious Probably cover obvious. in the place of, yeah, exactly. Well, the person who's got to make all of this sort of, uh, this tactical decision-making is uh, Michael Appleton, who has a new contract. Are we all very happy about that? As of today, technically, because it's always a new contract. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. We get a new one tomorrow as well. Um, so I'm going uh, to use the pun I came up with the other day and say let's get behind him and let's let the map show us the way. Oh. Uh, square judge now. <laughs> we need a specific square judge just for the pun. <laughs> pun Pun is short for punch him in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's in itself a pun. So. In all seriousness, I think you know we've got a great manager. I think that now he's proved himself uh, in terms of what he can do with the club at the time, and he can get the players that he wants in. And I think we've got a great young manager. I think we've got a great future. I'm glad that he's signed a long-term contract. And you know, no matter what happens this year, you know, I'm confident no matter what league we're next year, League Two, League One, wherever. We've got a manager that can take us further, so he can keep, he can keep taking us taking us up and up and up. Uh, we've got lucky to have him, so we should be grateful for that. It's good that he's sorted all out and it's done. And hopefully, uh, yeah, we can, uh, he can do the business in the last few games. So, other thing, talking about moving onwards and upwards, um, 
we have the official League Two Player of the Season. We've got the Family Club of the Year. We've got, I think there was a voting thing today, three of the top 15 players this season, yeah. uh, being Lundstrom, Zerkman and Ruth again. So that's PFA voters, so yes. by players and managers. But what I find amazing is, I, I love Ruth, he's obviously scored a lot of goals, he does us massive favour, he appears in the big games and plays well, but I don't think he's our best player. So how is he the league's best player? Probably says how hard he is to play against um, that he's voted that highly, and how much man other managers in the league look at him and think, God, I wish he was up front for us. Um, well, he can he can play badly. I don't think he had the best game in the world against Dagenham, and he scored a hat trick. So it, like, that's what he's got within him. Like, and just think the average game, and he'll he'll turn on the edge of the box and pop it in the bottom corner. And yeah, I, I like that. It's been a while since he scored. Yeah, I mean, got, thank you. you know, the, the, the game against Swansea got so much national coverage, and it was all about him. Yeah, and then Millwall again. Yeah, Millwall. Brentford earlier in the season. Yeah, Brentford. Yeah, and then the last minute goal. With Daggers, there was the, the when he made it safe for County, you know, there's so many times he's popped up and scored such a crucial goal. Uh, but that Swansea game, you know, he, he just ran, well, he ran the show really, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. You can tell what other fans think of him because the Newport County fans cheered very loudly when it was announced that he was dropping out of the squad. It was the only time I heard them the whole game, I think. There was a big cheer when they said that he was being replaced by Barry, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. He's not on his score, but it shows how much other teams fear him simply being on the team sheet. They would have looked at him and thought he's 50 50, then seen he was in the squad and be like, alright, he's playing. And then they were elevated by the fact he was on. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that says a lot. And I, I think being able to get a player like that, and he signed a three-year contract, so all these people going, well, he's off in the summer. I, d I honestly don't think he is, regardless of what happens in the last uh, last couple of weeks. But even if he is, that's a lot of money if he's got a two-year contract. It's a lot of compensation we're getting. But he's also, when he talks, he seems to have a, a good head on his shoulders. Always got a smile on his face, hasn't he? <laughs> I'd love to see what... Can you send us so we can? Uh, <laughs> we need to Matt Elliot. I'm going to research Well, okay. it probably, well, probably is. Dexter Blackstock. Yeah. <laughs> Who went first? Elliot or Winder? Elliot, 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 Elliot,
someone that plays out on loan might want to stay, you know, things like that. You know, George Bulldog, for example, absolutely love the Octopaths. Don't underestimate the power of the fans and how much difference we can make it. Bruce to stay, that may come down to the fans in the last three games. We can make a difference. So, uh, yeah, just don't ever forget that. That when you are supporting the team, players remember it. And we've now signed someone in the last summer who was the you know, League Two Player of the Year. So, yeah, you know, we can do it. Well, and has scored 25 goals. Yeah, it's not just about winning games, it's about keeping the players, making sure the players know they're loved and supported. And uh, yeah, we've got a massive role to play. And if we go up, we're going to get. Some great players in that summer. I imagine the club already haven't lined up. Other thought. So let's let's go around the table because I don't think we've done this. Three games left. How many points are we going to get? Four, seven. Matt. Oh, don't. <laughs> Matt's scared. I I'm I'm going to say four. Oh, we get nine. You know what, I will say we get nine. The squad's got great character, great belief. It's an awesome team. Let's be honest. And yeah, we're gonna get five. Six. Six. That is enough. Six minutes enough. Right, so I think it's beats on Matt, isn't it? Oh, I didn't do mine. I I think seven. So well, okay. Four enough. No. Four's not enough. Not with not if you look at look at what everyone else has got to play. Do we, which do you think we win? Which one do we win? Um, Hartlepool. Which one do we draw? Carlisle. Uh, that's, that's even worse. To be fair, one thing about Carlisle is if we win on Saturday, lose on Saturday, draw on Saturday, Carlisle is absolutely massive. It's a yeah. hell of a long way to go. Well, that's the thing, I think six is enough. Yeah. So if we did lose on Saturday, we can still, still, we can still do it. So we can get Carlisle on Saturday. If we win Saturday, that journey to Carlisle and that game, yeah. and if we win that, the journey home is going to feel yeah. like so that, That's what we have to do. So we have to win on Saturday and we can all go and enjoy Carlisle. Yeah. We're going to get promoted. Everyone stick with the club, stick together, sing when you feel that you're going to die and it's awful, but just stay, stay strong. Uh, I'm trying to avoid saying stay united, but do. Stay really united. do. Absolutely. Like, if Absolutely. when we concede in the next three games, be the person who starts applauding and trying to get a chant going. Like really, really be that person. Because I know that I do and I'm in the South stand up there, so no one else does. Um, but we need we got heroes on the pitch, that's all we need. We need heroes off the pitch, so everyone can be a hero in the last three games. Yeah, so let's do that. No no smoke bombs. Um, let's let's pull it together, everyone be positive and well this next podcast will be the promotion one. There we are. I've said it. Yeah, time for heroes. Yeah, let's go for it. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Do tweet us at the Fence End Pod, uh, and we'll be back with a uh, promotion-winning podcast.